Hi, Genevieve. Hi. <laughs> feel good. <laughs> so there's a lot going on. Right, we found right. a new place to live. Mm-hmm. How you feel about it? A uh, little stressed. A uh, lot to do. A lot of packing. I'm also stressed about moving to another state and being far away from work <laughs> and having to commute. So for those that don't know, which no one knows, I guess, we're moving to Providence. We decided to up and move and go crazy. Leave my beloved Boston. Leave our beloved Boston and uh, move move to Providence. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be awesome. And I think the train isn't going to be that bad. Mm, we'll see. I'm excited to move. I'm excited to be in a different city. This is it's, all part of my elaborate scheme to get you to get a driver's license. I'm getting it. <laughs> God. <laughs> <clears throat> but you're excited? I'm excited to move to a new place. And it's a really cool area that we're going to be living in. So that's good. But. It's just an adjustment. It's just going to be an adjustment on getting to work and coming back and having longer days. And they're already long. But I just need to maybe organize my time better and get some work done on the train and try and and figure that out. That's my main issue. I don't mind moving. I've never... I like new things. Different places. It's a really good neighborhood we're moving to. Yeah. I'm glad we chose what we chose. Yeah, I think it'll be nice. It'll be fun. Hey, that's a smile. There's that smile. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm i excited to move to Providence just because I've been here for so long. And it's close to Boston. It's close enough to not be like a super hassle because it's less than an hour from where we are. Yeah, it's not that far. So it's not that far. It's get up closer here. to Newport. Closer to Newport. My favorite place. And we always, I mean, we always go to the beach in Narragansett anyway. So mm. it's just kind of a lot closer to Close some of the to stuff that we family. always do. Close to your How do you feel about being so much closer to, <laughs> <laughs> to my family? You haven't told him our address, right? <laughs> so my dad called it called me this morning and he's like oh yeah i i I picked you know i took mom and showed her where it is where the building is and uh (laughs) has he went to the door and been like do you mind if i come in so i can my my son and daughter-in-law just rented this place (laughs) well (laughs) not exactly but he's been talking to the neighbors he saw a neighbor he saw someone come out of course. And I think he talked to them and he said, oh, I didn't tell him, you know, that you guys were moving in. And I, didn't, I was like, I was just asking if it was three stories or not. I was like, bullshit. He told him it was three stories. Yeah. So why would he not know? Yeah. So he probably, he probably he definitely like, oh, said something. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, Bruce Humphrey's going to be around a lot. <laughs> we have to give him projects. Yeah. Do you know if I get a key? absolutely not um but yeah no i'm i'm excited and the more the more i look at the area Mm. the more i'm like okay this is 
this is this is going to be cool it's just the actual like it's the actual move the act of moving it's just oh i'm tired just looking at it i think i'm gonna hire the movers we're definitely hiring movers but we still have to pack everything yeah but packing everything's fine because it's almost like i mean we have a pretty clean apartment this room is kind of a disaster right now, but all you got to do is like two boxes. I'm I'm probably going to take down all the drums and stuff separately. So I would I would take your stuff yourself in the truck. Well, I'll probably take my stuff and then leave it at my parents or my brothers like before the actual move. Mm. So, you know, cuz I don't really need I don't think I have any gigs or anything i'm not going to do any more recording um in here so i I guess i don't really need the drums but i could do i could do that this week yeah i think once we get started it'll be okay it always works out but um i i also love when you move into somewhere and like after the first week when you have everything unpacked and it kind of looks like first week do you remember when we moved into this apartment yeah there was stuff in boxes for a year. No, there wasn't. I uh, Yeah, there was. Not in the apartment. I'm talking about, like, when you get the main things out, like, you have all your furniture and your, like, kitchen stuff. Like, you're living there. It starts to feel like a home. I love that. And it's yeah. like, none of the shit is lying around yet. Yeah. It's like, it's so new. And you get up in the morning, like you're excited then to come home from work because you're like, I'm going to my new place. Yeah. You walk and, around like, Oh, this is my bathroom. Yeah. And it's, I just love that. I remember when we first moved here and I was like, Oh, I'm excited to go home just mm-hmm. to be in our new place. Um, so I like that. I'm excited for that. And it's even more because now it's like a new city. So I'm excited yeah. to go home so I can right. like go check Explore out check out those and, new restaurants yeah. that are like literally right I know. down the That's street. That's the best. It's We don't have to get in a car really to go anywhere. I mean, you can even walk into the city from there if you want to. It's it's really not that far. No, you, it's like a 20 minute If you want to just go and stroll around. But I like that. I like that we're in a really nice neighborhood Mm -hmm. and there's like lots going on there's a lot of young people and yeah i think it's also good because i don't know providence at all well that's one of the biggest changes for us is that is that we don't live in a very happening spot we live in like a super nice neighborhood yeah but it's like borderline retirement community <laughs> no there's people i mean there's younger people here but i was telling I dan just, the other day i was like there's a lot of dads wearing cargo shorts around here yeah so well it's a rich neighborhood so there's not going to be a bunch of young people whereas yeah. i think where we're moving to in providence is it's definitely hipster young professional um and then like mature students Mm because she said there was a lot of like um brown students and stuff yeah but um yeah it's definitely gonna be a different brown university (laughs) said that to my doctor the other day (laughs) oh such an idiot um yeah but it's gonna be it's going to be a change, I think. I think the most important thing is forth. that the only Shake Shack in Rhode Island... Is pretty close to us. The only one in Rhode Island. Is it is the only a, one? That's what she said. That's what she said. But we I think we have to research, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Because it's on Thayer Street. 
It's right there. The one that I found was on Thayer Street, and I didn't realize how close we were going to be to Thayer Street. Because mm. when I drove in, I drove in that way. I was like, oh, this is where we are. And it was like two, like three blocks away. Yeah, I kind of want to go down another day before we move just to like walk around again. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Probably don't have time. <laughs> Probably don't have time. Um, what, else, what do we have to do? We have to pack. I mean... It's I'm just gonna bring up. I'm gonna bring up all the boxes. Most the of stuff it away. is your shit, to be honest. Most of it is my shit, and then we have like big stuff. I feel like the kitchen stuff is gonna be the biggest pain in the ass because mm. like wrapping all the glasses and the d- plates and and our fifteen thousand mugs that we have. We need to like make some kind of mug display we near, just, near our coffee station. Well, we should place. get those little hooks and like hook or cups and stuff up. That'd be good. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um. So other than the apartment, uh, th- uh, we have a Patreon. You never, uh, you always think of stuff to say that I never remember. Um, but I've been thinking about doing like a special for the last week of of August. Mm-hmm. Um, like any amount, any amount that people pledge to the Patreon. I what? have a really good idea. What's your idea? They could pledge and get some random shit from our apartment <laughs> <laughs> that we don't want to take. But I keep finding all these like cool things. Like I found, I found like an amazing poster from from the Portland show, like Carbon Leaf Portland yeah. show. I mean, you should take photos of all the stuff that like is really cool, but we don't need it, and we're not taking it. Yeah, and then someone on Patreon can, I don't know how you want to do it, but. Whatever the tier level is, that person has a chance of getting it. Or you could do like a raffle. Well, you can do you can do specials. You can do things like specials. specials. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a like a like an auction function. Mm. But I think one of the specials is any tier level you sign up for, you'll get a signed copy of "Hold Back the Sun" by Love in Stockholm. Mm. I think I have. Like ten of them, yeah. Um, so the first ten who get them get them, and and that's and that's the end of it. Once the ten go, then it's then it's over. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll find some stuff. And here. yeah, once those first ten go, that's that. And then everyone who signs up from now to the end to, uh, to the beginning of September, September first, uh, to the move date is when uh, it, it, you you'll get like a signed. Um, and a personalized postcard. You could call it the moving day sale. Moving day sale, yeah. Did I say Dale sale? Yeah. Moving Dale sale. Moving day sale. Yeah. On Patreon. Patreon.com slash after the gate. should be your publicist. I'm really good at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you always say, I should be your manager. I should be your publicist. <laughs> I should be your marketing girl. But you never do any of it. You always say you should do it. Because I have... A full-time job already. <laughs> um, what else, Jen? Anything else? I think that's... Do you have Patreon questions? Oh, I do have a Patreon question. See? Thanks for letting me know. Thank you. Um, Baby shark. All right. Katie Musselman. Katie is like a very, a very great supporter of the show. And um, her son, Josiah, is playing bass. And John is... Or Josiah is John's biggest fan. Oh. He's awesome. John How old is, is he? 
Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I think I think Josiah's like seven, mm-hmm. eight. He might be older than that. I'm such a bad gauge of how old yeah. kids are. So John's like the same height as him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're close. Close. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Um, so uh, she says, "I know you grew up with several people who are now in the music business." Yeah, Steve, Stevie Music, Stevie who plays bass and guitar and and stuff in Thirty Seconds to Mars is a, is a big one. Um, who's just on my favorite podcast, which is not appropriate for children. Um, your mom's no. house, Tom Segura, Christina P. Anyway, so um, what about your school and community fostered such musical growth and the pursuit of a music of music as a career? Obviously, your school community had a lot of raw talent, uh, but sometimes this isn't enough because music and the arts in general are difficult for adults to encourage their kids and students to pursue as much more than a hobby. What specifically about your school and community empowered so many of you to pursue music as a way to make a living? Um, That's a really good question. It's a great question. Um, I mean, my school personally, you make fun of me all the time because when I say like the music kids were the cool kids and you don't believe me. Geeks. No, I mean, they weren't. It was just, it was such a, it was such a good environment and there was a healthy amount of competition. Mm. I don't agree with the participation trophy. I'm yeah. not I'm not a fan of the participation trophy. I think it it only does ourselves a disservice. Well, people aren't going to work hard and try their best if they think that they can just get the same as the person that is yeah. doing better than them. Like, oh, why should I work really hard and I'm just going to get the same thing that this guy over here is getting. Yeah. So it's not good. Well, people need to learn how to lose. That's an important lesson. Right. Learn how to fail and get up from your failure yeah. and, and, and push work, forward. Work harder and work for what you want. Mm-hmm. I think, and to bring it back to like the school, I had very supportive parents. They weren't pushing me to go in any one direction. They wanted me to do something, but I always... I always had a knack for music and, and playing and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we had a natural talent. Yeah. And it music is difficult. It's like it could be something you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And some people just get it. They have a talent. They can pick it up. And you can pick up any instrument, really, and spend some time with it and yeah. play it. And that's not possible for a lot of people. All right. So there are three people that were at my high school that were probably the biggest catalyst for like that environment. Um, Dennis DeSano, musical director, uh, Artie Montanaro, also the music director. He took over for, um, for, for D Dennis, uh, after, after, uh, he left after he retired. And then, uh, Philip Ferrone, Philip Ferrone was the choir teacher and all three of them, in their own way, like D was always super, like kind of larger than life character. Uh, Monty was was just, you know, he knew his stuff and was like really nice and just got stuff done. Mm-hmm. And um, always let us like try things out. Always let us like help select the music that we were gonna play in marching band. And then uh, Farone, he was just like, that's where I hung out. 
in school. Like if I if I had free time or a, or a free period or whatever after school, before school, I would just like hang out in there. And we would play piano, we'd play music. He like made the whole thing fun. And then you teachers are so important. Yeah. And they're so good. They're so talented. I talk to a lot of, you know, a lot of new teachers now. I know a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine are trying to be music teachers. Mm. And it's very much about the job, the curriculum and stuff. And I I don't know what what's going on in in the classroom with them, but I just know that my music teachers like meant everything to me mm-hmm. and um, they meant everything to a lot of kids and you know Dan Mills you have Steve you have the the mirrors um, uh, Ryan who is a, a a great music teacher now and I think and I've seen him teach his kids and he kind of fosters that same environment mm-hmm. like they, those kids love him yeah um, and they they look up to them, yeah. And that's the important thing. You you have to have people or teachers to look up to, and then that creates the environment. Like, oh, I want to do this. Mm. Like, we would play games. We like musical games. We would get together and jam. And yeah, you have to make it fun. Yeah, there was battle of the bands. We we're all trying to to like best each other. There was like this underlying competition. At least there was for me. Like, I wanted to be as good as you know, like. The band Pickle Spill Isle Six from from my school, who had a bunch of friends in it, uh, Monty's Fan Club, which turned into Monty, and um, and that's Steve Aiello's band, and he eventually is doing what he's doing now. And there's just there's just so many, mm-hmm. um, so that was like, you know, you have to. It's almost like a perfect storm, but you have to leave the instruments out, so the kids can see them and make it a priority play music all the time you know never push I, I was never pushed to do it right never well there's nothing worse than being told like you have to practice get practicing yeah. it's you're not motivated you're not going to want to learn but your it's environment then, it's then a chore to try and learn an instrument yeah. if you're being forced to so you have to have some kind of passion for it yeah um, and i think your environment goes goes a long way yeah definitely their teachers your parents like what you know your teachers are very important to 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 make you want to learn you know yeah so it could be like the worst subject ever but if the teachers like they they motivate you in a certain way it can make all the difference right well they talk a lot of my teachers they just the way they they would talk to me as if I was an adult, mm-hmm. as if, as if I was one of them, mm-hmm. you know, and and they showed that respect. It wasn't like talking down or if I was being, you know, I was a class clown growing up, so I would always disrupt math class and stuff like that because I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't applying myself. But the teachers that I had could sense that, and they knew that if they. You know, if I ever got detention or mm-hmm. something like that, they would talk to me. They'd be like, I know you don't like it, but here's what they yeah. would explain it to me on their level. Yeah. And I wouldn't do it again. Right. Because I, then I understood they they knew that it was my insecurity that was making me act out in class and like put the attention on myself. And then... Um, and I don't know. It's because I wasn't comfortable doing the work. Well, yeah, that's what most kids do. They either mm. act diet or 
they can become like bullies and it's yeah. not to do with anything else but themselves. Oh, it's, it's their something own insecurity. They're insecure about it and they, they're defending, like they're blocking people off. Right. Yeah. But, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah. What was I going to say? I don't really have any influential teachers though. No. When I think about it, maybe in primary school, like I had like, you know, you have your favorite teacher, but it wasn't like that teacher changed my life. I don't yeah. have a teacher like that. I didn't have someone that really like blew me away, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that, now that you talked about it, I don't, I can't think of a teacher that I would point out. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if other people at my school had a similar experience to me because I would, I mean, I would use my ability to talk to people in my, I don't know, to my advantage, really, Mm. because they would understand where I was coming from. I wasn't afraid to tell them how I felt until, until my teachers like, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm dealing with. Here's Mm. my struggles. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do here. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm sure some teachers gave me better grades than they should have because they knew that I would, I had, I did have a focus and I did have a, you know, desire to do something. It wasn't like I was just, I wasn't causing trouble. I wasn't a bad kid at all. Mm. I was just, you know, unfocused. You're a good little baby, Jesse. I was a good boy. (laughs) Um, But as far as music is concerned, you know, if, if music is the thing that, that they want to do, don't, you know, talk to the teacher about it. Be like, how do I start a band? Like, how do I do these kinds of things? I was lucky enough to have other kids that wanted to start bands and be in bands. And- well, I wonder, does her son have a good music teacher? I don't know. That's, That's the thing. I don't know. Where she should start. And then if not. Then outside like lessons and stuff like find, you know, like sometimes you'll get a music teacher and you'll be like, okay, we'll pay this person every week and send my kid there. And if the kid's not enjoying it, you're wasting your money. Yeah. Just then YouTube search for it. Well, search for a different music teacher. There's plenty of them out there. You got to find one that connects with your kid and one that they want to like they excited to go yeah. and and do the lesson you need someone with skill that has talent that can back up the things that yeah. they're saying but and, also and personality is really important and not not every personality fits each other right. so different teachers are good for different types of students yeah you, so. need, you need somebody that can that can inspire you yeah um to, to want to practice that's a big thing and, yeah and if he looks up to john and you know, yeah. that's also great that he can watch him on YouTube and yeah. go to his shows. And Yeah. John gave know. him a lesson on stage oh, um, right. before. Uh, I can't remember what show it was, but it was re- it was nice. It was cool. Yeah. It was really cool. And, and and that's the thing. Like, it's such a struggle when you're trying to learn an instrument. It's such a struggle. You have mm. to you have to know that it's not going to come right away. Right. And it's not going to, um, yeah, it's not, it's just not going to happen overnight. Right. You have to be willing to slow things down and struggle through it. But once you get that thing for the first time, like mm. when I was teaching you like the drums, drums <laughs> yeah, like you might have to relearn it kind of every time you start up again because you play so infrequently. Mm-hmm. But when you got the thing, it yeah. was exciting. It was exciting yeah. for me yeah, because it's cool when... <laughs> when you kind of break through that that 
Yeah, because you're trying to like it's you're using both hands, both legs at different times. Mm -hmm. So it was like a lot of it it almost. I felt like I was thinking too hard. Yeah. But when you broke it down for me to like do one thing at a time, then just slowly add in the other one, Mm -hmm. and then you just keep going, and then after a while, you're not. You're not thinking. Thinking about it. Yeah. And then you realize that you're not thinking about it. And, and then, then you, that, think, and about you think about it. And then that's when you make the mistake. <laughs> you're like, wow, I'm playing so good. Wait, how am I doing this? And yeah. then you think about it. And you're like, oh, and yeah. then it's gone. And that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, I, I do what I do pretty well. And, but there's, there's so much that I don't do well. And I need to take, take the steps to slow things down. Yeah. And it's just on a different level. You right. know, I have. Like well, a f- that's another thing is um, with challenging yourself because then if you do get good at something you tend to stick at it but then you want to like challenge yourself to do something more difficult and it's almost like starting again yeah in like having to learn slow it down and do it all again but that's how you that's how you grow that's how you do it guys this is how you grow okay yeah i mean well you see me do that with guitar too yeah so you know you see me struggle through some riffs and then now i can play them super fast it's just you have to just learn how to struggle through it Mm -hmm. and those failures propel you forward yeah you know and that's and that's with any every aspect of life um let's see she has a second part so given that you've played with such a diverse group of individuals and bands sorry i can't read what are you looking for when you go into an audition um i'm not sure if she means if i'm if I'm auditioning or if someone's auditioning for me. You don't really have uh, someone audition for you though. Uh, and you don't really yeah, audition. I don't yeah, I have auditioned, but I've like if I'm doing a solo gig or something or if I'm playing with other guys, I will ask guys to play with me, but it's kind of on like a well, the probationary people, Well, you've also seen them play. That's so maybe true. she's asking what what do you look for? So say if you were like, I'm, I need a bass player or whatever. Yeah. And you see someone playing and you've seen a few different bass players. What is it that sticks out about one person more than another? Yeah, let's see. So then she says, um, what makes you say, I really want this to work out? And what would cause you to politely decline the job? So this is this is if I'm auditioning. Okay. Um. So I don't know. I mean, I think at, at any point in any musician's career, you want to take as much, as many gigs as you possibly can, like Mm. take all the opportunities you can. Um, if I were in a position now where I was going to go audition for a band or, or if I got a call from someone that wanted me to, to do something like, for example, I got called to do a cover gig. I'm not going to say who it was. Um, it was out in like the gig was out in, in like, Pittsburgh and it was for you know I don't know if it was like five, 500 bucks for the gig or something like that and I was like no yeah, it's just not I I don't I'm not passionate about these covers and it was it was more like a tribute thing so it was like one one artist's mm. cover songs you know I was just like I don't I don't want to do that like that's not that doesn't interest me it's not artistically um satisfying but if that same gig was down the street from our house yeah i'm doing it i'll do it like i have no i would love to learn those songs and do it but just the idea of getting on a plane and traveling with and then meeting people that i don't really know playing this gig that's like 
mm-hmm. kind of long and then you're you're exhausted it's physically exhausting right um so well, that, you have to weigh everything up and what what's worth it yeah but in audition you want to be prepared you want to make sure you've done your research so if you're if you're um when i was playing for eric hutchinson i went listened to the um you know the most recent live show to see what because bands change a lot of things in their in their music when they play live so um you want to make sure you're prepared and and you have those things because they don't want to teach it to you you know that's not that's not why you're there yeah you're there because in. they know you can come in. You do you do your thing. Yeah. And mostly they mostly times they hire you because they know that you're you're going to be low maintenance. You're going to be a fun hang. Someone someone that they can be around. But if you don't have your music together, if you don't have your your preparation, then then it yeah. makes it makes things tough. It makes things awkward. Puts a yeah. strain on it. Yeah. Um, and I think. Um, but yeah, that's why, that's why I would decline a job is, is if it was like far away and and it was just a lot more stress than it was worth. If it's someone that's not reputable that I don't really know. Um, yeah, but if that, if the same, if something else came up in Pittsburgh for less money with someone that you really wanted to play with, then you're going to do that. Totally trip. different story. Yeah. So it just really depends on the yeah. situation. It depends on the situation. Like sometimes it can do with money. Sometimes it could be due with who you're playing with. Sometimes it could be due with how much travel's involved. Yeah. So you just have to weigh up your options. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it's more. Cause that on, cover get does, doesn't do anything for me. No, not personally, not professionally. Well, It's not going to lead to anything. Yeah. It might lead to another gig with that band. Right. But, that, but am I going to have to travel again? You know, I got to take time away from home when I'm already on the road mm-hmm. X amount of days a year. There's just a lot to think about. You know, and, and Eric Donnelly said it really well in the last episode that the stakes are just higher. You know, you have to if you're going to leave home, it has to be for a good reason, mm. you know. And um, and there's other things like if a gig has two out of the three the hang money and the music if you if it pays really well but it's not a good hang and you don't like the music Mm. you shouldn't take that gig if it has two it has to have two out of the three at least which i think is a pretty good rule um to live by in any in any situation it's not just music um let's see i think you emailed your question about carly's fan being super devoted Um, no, I'll figure that out later. Um, but thanks, Kitty. Thanks, Kitty, for the questions. They were both her. Yep, that was oh, a, okay. it. Was a part one and a part two. Um, oh, someone else had a question about about how we handle tax stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. Well, we don't. <laughs> uh, well, I have. I have a. Um, my cousin is a great CPA, so he does he does our taxes, and um, yeah. Well, when you're any kind of of uh, this is a long intro, I'm probably gonna have to cut a lot of this out. But um, it's a short episode today. If you have, if you're a private business, or you have your own business, 
then you want to keep track of all your receipts, all your expenses. Yeah. Keep every single receipt. Keep everything. Even if you don't think it's important. Yep. I keep track of all my extra income. You know, I make money, uh, you know, I have a salary and stuff and, and, uh, and then whatever I make home, which I play a lot of private gigs too. So I have to keep track of all that. And, and you have to put away, you know, I put away like 30% into an account that I know is going to be dedicated just for paying taxes, which sucks. Cause I look at him like, I don't want to give that to anybody. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's boring, but, um, I guess, I guess it's kind of interesting, but if, if you're any kind of freelancer, you have to do the same thing. Yeah. Keep track of your mileage, keep track of receipts, anything and you buy. <laughs> yeah. Like you buy, don't leave it till it's tax season and then you get hit with a huge bill. Yeah. Because then if, if you're doing that and all of your income is coming from, um, non-taxed like checks or non-taxed cash or whatever, you want to keep track of it. Because you're gonna get you're gonna get nailed when it comes to to tax season, and if you can set up like a quarterly payment so it's not so crazy on April fifteenth, then set that up so you pay you know a little bit throughout the year. Um, I know in a lot of cases it's not possible for musicians because you know sometimes if you're struggling, if you're early in your career, you have um, and you don't have a wife that makes a lot of money. <laughs> Do you have one of those? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then it can be stressful and, you know, you're not going to be in a tax bracket where you have to pay a ton of taxes, but you got to keep track of stuff. You can't just say, oh, I made 300 bucks tonight. That's awesome. I'm going to go buy a $300 Xbox tomorrow, like, or a $300 symbol or like whatever it is, because that 300, all of that money isn't yours. Yeah. You have to look at it that way. It's like, okay, I have $300, but... This is for me and this is for the tax man. Yeah. And also I don't I don't pay taxes in every state I perform in because Carbon Leaf is a business entity and that is all dealt with by them. I am just a private contractor um cuz I live in the northeast. I think all the other guys might are employees. I think that might be getting too in depth about it. It doesn't really matter, but um I get 1099 nines from from everybody, so um, that's my deal. And then, um, what, what else? Uh, yeah. Booking, booking. I don't really, I don't really do that. That's our booking agency. Um, hopefully I'll have, uh, our buddy Jordan come in and explain some more of that stuff about the booking aspect of things, but that's just not, um, not my forte. Basically you want to play where there's going to be people. That's, that's really it yeah you know most most of the time uh if you're booking a tour you're gonna have a few dates that are like your big money dates like where your good markets are and then you're gonna have some stuff in between that isn't isn't so awesome um and every band has that Mm -hmm. everybody so um that's just kind of the the deal but jen anything else from you before you go take a nap not taking a nap. We have to pack. We have to pack. You're gonna do your driver's test tomorrow. Your, yes. your your written test. I am. Have you been studying? Um, today. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. Well, um, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. It's a short one today. But next week, we'll have my friend Chris Babbitt. Chris Babbitt is a great friend of mine and Genevieve's. Jen, when did we meet Chris for the first time? Oh, probably at Devlin? Probably at Devlin's. It's like when we're all working there. Six years ago, maybe? Yeah, six, seven years ago, probably. Uh, Chris is, um, is a hip hop artist, rap artist, and a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> so we talk about some conspiracy theories and um, and just life as a musician and all that good stuff. So, so I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and uh, we'll see you next week with uh, with my buddy Chris Babbitt. Bye, Jen. Bye. They're talking at the bar, talking in the bed, dancing in the street lights, kissing all the freckles. On your head. The beggars on the bridge drinking carry on. Listen to the singers at La Petite Bonne Rain, we shared an umbrella all day. I thought we were better than old cliches. Lovers lost in the Eris and the muse told us where to go Cozy little red cafe with an antique telephone The table by the street shared a cigarette A simple conversation love that I knew we won't forget Snow, your hands in my pockets all day Thought we were better than old cliches Lovers are lost among the streets of the marae We broke the lamp at our hotel Making love in the bed while the shattered glass fell Let's run away Find a safe room for rent and call all our friends back in the States and tell them we ain't coming home. So, could you pick up our mail and turn up the heat so the pipes don't freeze? Do more who have parried? Talking at the bar, talking in the bed Dancing in the street lights, kissing all the freckles on your head Time, it pieced us together this way And nothing is better than old cliches Lovers lost among the streets of the marae